everybody. We are live. We are live. Uh, so hopefully everybody is staying safe and healthy. Today is April 3rd and could really be a big day for a lot of small businesses. And we're going to dive into that in a second. But, you know, I, I'm curious. And if everyone can, can chat or comment related related to this question about fast, has all you small businesses, especially real estate investors, because that's a lot of the, uh, the target audience that a, that a lot of us are in, a lot of the world that a lot of are in. Are you guys keeping up with some of these uh, government-funded programs that are designed to help all of us as small business owners, um, especially the Paycheck Protection Program? And that's going to be the majority of this call today. We have a very special guest that uh, Ian's going to introduce in this in a second. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Jason Bell from Hard Money Bankers and Ian Horowitz from Equity Warehouse. We've been going live and, and doing these up-to-date Facebook Lives since all this uh, coronavirus uh, has been going been going on, and unfortunately, very interesting, weird, unfortunate times. If you've watched some of these shows that we've been doing, it seems that residential real estate investing has not really been affected yet. But who knows what what's happening? And most of the shows we've been doing have been focused on residential real estate investing and what experts have been seeing, what other investors like ourselves have been, have been seeing. Uh, this topic is going to be a little bit different because. Um, this PPP Paycheck Protection Program went live today, and the guest that we're about to introduce has a lot of good information to share. And I know myself and Ian have, we've been taking this very serious and doing a lot of research ourselves because it could impact uh, our business and a lot of our friends' uh, businesses um, as well. So yeah, Ian, let's, uh, let's dive into this. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? It's Ian, Equity Warehouse. Um, as Jason said, we've been following this along um, since it started, there's been a lot of stuff that's been um, offered up to small businesses or been promised. So we're going to bring in Jason Schwartzberg of Maryland Energy Advisors. Uh, he was lucky enough to sit in on a webinar, which he'll jump in about um, with Goldman Sachs and uh, Senator Rubio and Senator Cardin and discuss some of the ins and outs of the PPP, um, the advantages. You know, there's also the EIDL. Um, there's the stuff from the state. There's a lot of things that everybody should be applying for, whether you take the money or not, and not just real estate investors, but any small business. Um, so Jason, if you want to bring the other Jason on and, uh, we can, uh, start talking to him. Sure. Well, let's do it. Jason, what's up? What's up? Jason? Hey, uh, how's it going guys? Hey, Jason, if you want, can you just give a quick background to uh, who you are and uh, what your company does on a full-time basis? I know the PPP project and uh, all the grants that have been going out is just kind of a passion project that you've taken on um, since a lot of friends of yours are entrepreneurs um, and you've really felt the need to deep dive and help them out. But you want to give a quick background about your company? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. Like you said, uh, PPP has been a pet project, uh, not a, an accountant attorney or banker by trade, but uh, I guess I stayed at a Holiday Inn, Holiday Inn Express last night. So uh, our core business, we reduce operating expenses uh, for commercial real estate owners through energy. Uh, so it's our company's Maryland Energy Advisors. Uh, we do a lot you know, for uh, office building owners, student housing owners to increase NOI uh, by reducing OPEX through energy. Yeah, a mutual friend of ours just uh, introduced us um, and we were just able to take advantage of the C-PACE loan, which we can deep dive later. Um, but Jason's company is doing some really awesome things, especially for you guys that are doing ground up developments or you got any commercial warehouse space. Uh, there's a lot of grants. There's a lot of federal money. There's a lot of money out there to make energy improvements um, and really take your project to the next level. Um, so let's not waste any time. So the PPP, how'd you, um, you were mentioning the other day, you were on a webinar. You want to go over that and uh, kind of how, we ended up to where we ended up. Sure. Yeah. So I, uh, as a fellow small business, um, I guess, you know, anybody under 500 employees, uh, can take advantage of this program who's uh, domiciled in the United States. So we, we fall under that program. Uh, and we wanted to get a little intentional and, and learn a little bit more about the PPP, which I'm sure we'll dive into on, on our web webinar here today. Uh, but the, the, um, the web the webcast was pretty cool, man. I, I'm a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Uh, so Goldman Sachs has a, a curriculum that was written by Babson um, and taught by a, a local uh, institution, which here it happens to be Hopkins uh, is the host facility. But um, 
I got a chance to join uh, David Solomon, who's the CEO of Goldman, along with Rubio and Cardin, uh, to provide you know some good Q and A and intel on the PPP. Um, the framework of the PPP is it's not rocket science. It's it's really some of the interpretation, right? Like when you roll your sleeves up and get into the nitty gritty, that's where uh, some confusion could set in. Yeah, I definitely learned uh, a lot of stuff today just doing my application. I guess before we jump down that road, um, are you familiar with anything that's going on at the state level first before we get into the feds? Um, you know, I know there's, I believe there's a grant and a loan going around right now for Maryland. Yeah, I think uh, I think you might probably be boned up a little bit more to speak to the state state stuff. I uh, fortunately, you know, our core business, uh, we're not in an operating business. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, the, the spigots turned off overnight for us. We had a, a little bit of runway. So we, we decided to focus more on some of the federal federal programs than the state ones. I mean, I know anecdotally there's a, an emergency grant that folks can apply for. Uh, there's also some loan funding, uh, but I haven't done a, a deep dive at, into the local Maryland program. Yeah, they were pretty simplistic. It was a $10,000 grant and a $50,000 loan that you can apply for from the state for each entity that I guess that files a tax return. Now with the uh, Fed stuff, there is a, so with the PPP, the, the goal of that program specifically is to offset, it's our understanding as us as real estate investors and business owners that the core essential point of that is to help people um, keep employees employed and offset operating expense. Can you go over that a little bit? Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, the, the goal is to keep employees employed. So I think if someone's looking at this, you know, there's there's kind of, it, there's a nice funnel or decision tree. I think the first thing you look at is like, do I qualify for this program? Did you have hardship as a, ro- a result of Corona? You qualify for the program. Uh, the next qualifying question is, um, you know, what are your, how many employees do you have? Where are they located? Um, and as long as they're within the United States and you have 500 employees or less at one location, you can apply for the program. Um, I think the next thing to look into is, is sizing, right? Like what size of loan um, could I apply for if I, if I was involved in this program? So you, you can look at your trailing 12 monthly payroll. So you, uh, your paycheck provider, I, I never valued my, my payroll provider as much as I have uh, in the past week or so, uh, but your payroll provider is, you know, the source of this information. We happen to use a company called Paylocity. Uh, they have a report you can run called the Payroll Summary Register, um, and you want to make sure um, that you have, um, you want to make sure that you are looking for your active employees for the past 12 months. Uh, and you're adding up your annualized payroll expenses. That's not just wages, uh, but that's healthcare benefits and 401k contributions as well. Um, You divide that by 12 to get your average monthly, and then you multiply it by 2.5. So I'm more of an example kind of guy. Um, If your average monthly payroll was $100,000, if you did a million two in all those salary wages expenses, you divide it by 12 for $100,000 of average monthly payroll, you multiply it by 2.5, you would be eligible for $250,000 of payroll protection plan. Uh, It starts as a loan, um, and there's three buckets of eligible expenses. Uh, Your eligible expenses are your monthly payroll expenses, um, and then after you've exhausted the monthly payroll, um, rent, and or mortgage interest for a commercial property and utilities are eligible expenses. Um, The last thing I'll mention is the payroll is uh, envisioned to be spent over an eight week period. So if you take your average and multiply it by 2.5, you're getting a 10 week period. Uh, So in theory, you would have about two weeks uh, of extra. Um, Now, if you have hourly employees, it might be a little different, uh, but if you have salaried employees, you would have two weeks of extra, which you can push towards uh, your rent uh, or your utilities. Right, and I think this is where the loan gets real interesting and super confusing. And I was going through a lot of it today. And I think one of the points, um, not to overstep your boundary, but learning today that the initial way they were gonna roll, we just lost him on camera. Um, But if we can get Jason back, the uh, initial way that we um, 
were told that the loan was uh, being rolled out by the government was that it was going to be a 0% interest-free loan. Then, um, then it came out, it was at a half percent. The paperwork that I was looking at today said everything says a half percent. When I talked to my bank today, it was actually 1%. Um, so the, the loan rates are creeping up. You know, is that going to affect overall, you know, the wait, the longer you wait? I don't know, Jason, how much you missed, but I was talking about the interest rates. Then it rolled out at 0%. Then it went, the paperwork I was looking at today is at a half percent. And then when I filed today, they're telling me it's already at 1%. Is this something that you foresee as this goes on? I think the application period is from now until June 30th, if I read it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, do you see the Fed keeping that rate up a little bit over time to slow down applications? Or um, what are you thinking on that? No, and, and I did hear you. I, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties. So I could hear you the whole the whole time. Um, in terms of the interest rate, the interest rate will be one percent. But remember, um, if you follow the criteria of this program, it's fully forgivable. If you use this money for your eligible expenses, for your payroll, your utilities, uh, and and your rent, this is fully forgivable. The, the interest rate really won't factor into the conversation. Um, but if you were to carry a balance, well, there's two ways in which the loan, I think this is, brings up a good time for this. There's two ways in which the loan would not be forgivable. The loan is, does not convert to forgivable if you don't use it for eligible expenses, right? Payroll, rent, utilities. Uh, the other way, and we talked about this at the top of the, of the uh, webinar, the other way that it's not forgivable uh, is if you reduce your, your workforce. Um, so if you keep your work, the easiest way to look at this is if you keep your workforce intact, you use it for rent, utilities and payroll. And um, then the two and a half times over the eight week period, this is fully forgivable. The time where you need some interpretation is if you shrink your workforce. Uh, there's a it, I put a blog post, which we can share in the show notes, but there's a pro rata uh, reduction in the amount that's forgivable if you release some of your workforce um, or if you reduce their salary. That's when a chunk of this becomes a loan and where that interest rate comes into play. But the final ruling was it's a, a 1% interest uh, rate for the balance that's not forgivable uh, right. amortized over a two year term. Right. With six months deferral deferral and uh, 18 yeah. months uh, paying. So sure. yeah. um, I, I think where it gets real weird for. Yeah, so, so go ahead, Jay. Yeah. So I guess, you know, really as long as because the big important thing, obviously, is to make sure everyone's keeping um, you know, their, their businesses can continue to run and they're keeping their employees in, in place. So it seems to me that most businesses, you know, if they're going to stay open, they're not firing their employees. You know, most of these loans are going to be forgivable because you know you're you're going to keep you're going to keep everybody in place. You're going to keep you're going to keep everybody active. Uh, obviously, if something drastic happens and that can can occur, it turns into a loan. Let me ask you this question, and I don't want to I don't necessarily want to um, backtrack in the conversation, but I think this is this is important. Just knowing that our audience is a lot of real estate investors and real estate agents and real estate professionals, and a lot of them are self-employed, they might not have W-2 employees. Some of them may have 1090, you know, 1099 contractors. Maybe it's just themselves. You know, it, is any of these programs qualify if you, you're a single member LLC with no employees, or maybe you're a single member LLC with uh, contractors? Yeah, so that's a great question. The initial push of the PPP has been, you know, for uh, multi, you know companies with multiple employees. So the opening application for that is today, April the third. Um, the the point that you mentioned earlier with the 1099s and sole proprietors, they're eligible for this program as well. The program opens for them next Friday, so April the tenth. Uh, so they're they're eligible for uh, for the PPP program as well with the same math. Uh, two and a half times monthly payroll. Yeah. <clears throat> and what, that, what happens if you're a single member LLC though, and you're not on and you're not on payroll, like yourself, like in individual? Yeah. So that's a good question. I uh, I haven't been studying that as intently because we have we have the employees, but I think it would probably follow if you're paying yourself a 1099, uh, your sizing would 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 come into play there. Well, I guess more like a K-1, like are you able to take money as a K-1 if you're off payroll? 
Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a qualified expense uh, if you're taking it from yeah. the distribution oh. column versus a, a W two column. Um, but if you're an owner, yeah. no, I don't think you're I, paying yourself. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, if you, yeah, if you're an owner uh, and you're paying your W two portion, you that could count towards the payroll. But if it's strict uh, distributions, I don't think that would qualify. Yeah, yeah so Trace, Tracy just go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we, there's lag on this when there's three of us. Let's let's just kind of go in order real quick. Ian, go ahead, and then I'll ask something to Jason to go back. No, I, I hate to do it, but sometimes it just lags. Yeah, yeah. We all apologize for the lag. But what I was going to bring up to you, uh, Jay, is that um, so I went through a real interesting application this morning. You know, I was asking you a lot yesterday. The way the mortgage interest reads, the question was. You know, is it only for your primary office area? Now, consulting with our bank today, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, we wound up filing, and this is a twofold questions uh, slash story, is we wound up filing for all of our mortgage interest against where our company payroll is that was available to us. Um, I don't know if that's what it was meant for to be. However, that's how our bank is viewing it, which I thought was an interesting stance. Um, but then, too, that kind of offsets the forgivable forgivableness based on our payroll right because my understanding is that as long as your operating expense is less than 25 percent of your payroll expense that the whole loan should be forgivable and then anything that's left over that's kind of how i was understanding it and i don't know if that's how we explained it before i mean is that what was supposed to be pitched and is that is that a right use of the loan or um is there a misunderstanding there like every other good government agency <laughs> yeah no i think you hit it Okay. Yeah. And then I, I was reading up, there was something else. The other question is, is for those that, you know, like, cause we, in real estate, there's a lot of guys that have um, high level project managers or wholesaling teams that, you know, guys are making over a hundred thousand dollars through commission and stuff. What's the ruling on um, the hundred thousand dollars based into your payroll? I'm having some confusion on understanding that in uh, relation to the PPP. Yeah, it's a great question. It, so it caps at a hundred. Um, so a hundred thousand uh, dollars over twelve months is about eighty three hundred and thirty three dollars a month. Um, so any income uh, over a hundred thousand dollars gets knocked out and doesn't go into that payroll times two point five um, equation. So, so the cap over a hundred. So if someone's making one hundred fifty, they got to wipe out that fifty fifty thousand dollar difference, but they can still file file for the hundred thousand. Correct. That's correct. All right. Yeah, I think uh, there was a question, Jay. You wanna you wanna pull it? Or Jason Balin? There's two Jasons on here. It's really difficult. <laughs> I think Tracy had a question. Balin, I think his internet's jacked. Now <laughs> uh, we can't hear him either way. So Tracy, um, she's saying starting April 10th. 2020 independent contractors and self-employed individuals can apply for and receive loans to cover their payroll and other certain expenses through existing um, SBA lenders. I think that's another key point that I don't think either of us or any of us have brought up is that you can't just go online right to the feds and um, and file this. It's actually got to be through an SBA approved bank, correct? Yes, that's correct. There's um if you Google online, there's a hundred SBA seven um, A lenders, um, the hundred most active. There's eight hundred in the country, so there's eight hundred SBA seven A lenders uh, where you can apply for this program through. Um, a lot of your larger banks are are, are approved, Bank of America, M and T, uh, but they'll continue to uh, open up the banks that can participate in the program. But right now, if you search for SBA seven A, they're participating in the PPP program. Right. Yeah. And um, are you familiar with a lot of the SBA programs that are normally out there? Uh, I'm familiar with a few. I think um, you're you're raising an interesting idea. None of this is uh, there's no formal underwriting for the PPP. Um, and this is fully forgivable and it's mutually exclusive from any of the other SBA programs. There's no personal guarantee um, on these uh, PPP loans. So uh, there's some some additional value with the PPP over and above the traditional SBA programs. Yeah, because normally the SBA they want 
they want kids that we don't even have yet, right? <laughs> like they want everything from you. So it's it's really interesting that they were like, hey, here you go, and they're pushing it out the door, which is kind of surprising to hear. Um, I know some of their other loan programs are pretty aggressive on what they want for underwriting. Um, real quick, Raj Singh, interest on all mortgage or just your office? Our understanding this morning, um, we're working with People's Bank. Um, our understanding is it is on all of your mortgages. But just be forewarned, as uh, Jason Schwartzberg brought up, is that some of that might not be forgivable based on your um, your exposure by payroll. So that's where a lot of real estate investors, it's hard for us because we only have, we have limited employee force, but we have a lot of properties with a lot of mortgage interest that could expose us. Um, let's see. Joe opened in. Does the PPP forgivable loan cover payroll for businesses that are not affected by the pandemic, i.e., they are running normal businesses and usual? Uh, I mean, that's kind of the first litmus test, right? Is have you been affected by the pandemic? So if if you can't show that you've been affected by the pandemic, it's not going to impact um, your employees on payroll. You you'd be ineligible for the program. Right. And I, and I think something that they brought up recently that was thrown in my face several times um, is that I think February was February 15th, the cutoff date for when you had to be in business or showing expenses prior to. That, that's correct. Um, yeah. And real quick, Raj, uh, if you go back and watch the video, we brought up something about 1099s. They'll be able to apply next week, um, but they'll have to apply on their own. Um, Jay, was there anything else that came out? Uh, so, you you know, when you were on that webinar through uh, Senator it was Senator Rubio and Senator Cardin, um, and I guess the CEO of uh, Goldman Sachs, was there anything else on there that they were bringing up or any other ideas that they see coming down the line um, to offset uh, businesses? Because I guess $2 trillion or whatever. Do you know how much they're dedicating to this? I mean, because that's going to be a short runway for a lot of businesses out there. Yeah, so the, the PPP itself is $349 billion of the $2 trillion stimulus package. Um, they, I think they left the window open uh, that don't be surprised if this continues to, to go on uh, if there isn't a, a follow-up stimulus package. Uh, so I think that was, that was interesting, um, you know, takeaway from, from some of the conversations that we had. Right, and how many banks did you say were facilitating this? Uh, so there's 800 SBA 7A um, banks. Um, I would say you could you could just Google SBA 7A. You'll find a list of uh, who's who's in the program. But they're they're also not precluding other banks who aren't current SBA 7A for participating. Um, so I I think I'm a relationship guy. I mean I would suggest calling your local banker uh, that you have a relationship with who can kind of watch your application. Um, and see if they're they're in the program or not in the program, if they have any recommendations. Right. Jason's talking, but we're not hearing him. I don't know what's going on there, Balin. Um, so real quick, you know, I think that's a lot about the PPP. Um, there is some good information out of there. Uh, just so you know, locally, I don't know if you want to tell who you bank with, but we bank with People's Bank. They've been on top of it, sending us emails every day um, for applications for state programs and fed programs you know look take advantage of it it's out there it's not in my normal blood to do this i don't usually look for help like this but it is out there um the worst case scenario now jay maybe you can answer this but once you apply and you're approved you don't necessarily need to take the money do you um i think that's a great question i i don't believe so um but you could, you know, you could continue to take it or you could, you know, receive the money and push it back and, and pay off the loan as well. If it's if it's money that's not drawn upon. Um, the interesting thing is it's a, a two year loan for one percent. So, um, you know, even if it's not forgivable and rolls into a loan, um, it could be it could be an interesting source of capital for some businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is getting on the other side of this and being properly capitalized or ready to rock and roll. Um, there was something else I was going to just tell you about. Uh, oh, the forgivableness. I don't know if that's how the hell you say it. But anyway, uh, I think that's Jay's back. But um, yeah, you're back. Do you know um, Do you know what you need to do to, quote unquote, to get the loan forget, forgiven? Like our bank told us a way, but I'm not sure if it's the same way that uh, your bank is pitching it to you. 
Yeah, I think it's what we kind of talked about earlier. Like your payroll provider is really going to be your friend in this thing. Um, so a lot of the self, the certification is kind of self-certification, but to move into the forgivable portion, uh, your payroll register pre, you know, PPP loan and post PPP loan are really going to, you know, uh, include the bulk of the information, right? Did you, do you have the same number of employees when you receive the loan as when you're applying for the get forgiveness, which is that eight week period? Um, and did you cut their salaries or not cut their salaries? You can cut their salaries up to 25% uh, and the loan is still uh, seen as forgivable. If you cut salaries by more than 25%, uh, the loan would not be forgivable. Right, yeah, so they told us um, same, similar type thing. They sent us out a spreadsheet, I guess, that they want you to follow and basically keep a register and have the proper documentation backed up by your um, payroll service and your utilities and. You know, we printed out all of our mortgage statements and our util utility bills and everything else. And you said, just keep really good records. Granted, we use QuickBooks, so we're on top of these types of things. Um, and they said, basically, at week eight, reach out to your banker and say, hey, I'm ready to be forgiven um, and go from there. So it's a you know, good old government. It's an interesting program. They're trying to do something. Um, how it's going to be facilitated seems like it's going to be a whole other story. Um, and then... Uh, I think if you want, you know, something that real interesting, and I'm going to kind of roll this into a different section is, um, is that Jason's company, you know, doing the C-PACE loan and seeing what's going on there. Um, there's a lot of cool things out there that I think you, everybody could utilize in the real estate business. And I think this, I think the Corona is actually making people look deeper. Like normally as a real estate investor, we know that we don't, there's only certain asset classes that qualify for SBA loans. And I think it's interesting that this is kind of forcing everybody to be like, okay, well, maybe I can fit down that. Or, you know, hey, should I call Jason? I never really thought about doing an energy efficiency on, you know, 15 townhomes that I'm building. Um, I wonder, and I don't know your thought process, what you're doing. Do you think on the other side of this, more people are going to be more reliant on the, these types of programs? Yeah, it's funny. I was going to post a question and, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of my investor friends that I talked to, you know, and I think I even asked you the, you this question on one of our calls. Are you know when when we start coming out of this, are people going to be more likely to? Is it going to be easier or harder to raise equity for real estate projects? I think was right. Um, and you and I had some some pretty good dialogue around that. Um, and I think you know you're going to see a bucket. You know, there's a lot of private equity sitting on the sidelines that's bidding been sitting on the sidelines pre-corona. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if some of those folks start coming off the sidelines and investing in some of this. But yeah, I think it's it's all return driven, right? Like if there's different ways to arbitrage the capital stack, whether you know it's pace or government programs or banks are becoming more aggressive because the prime rate is is so low. Um, I think construction costs are are probably going to continue to rise. We'll see what happens to values. Interest rates are low. I think investors are going to have to continue to be creative on how to arbitrage the capital stack to make sure they're getting their risk adjusted returns on their investments. Yeah. Well, and I think it's going to be a hard thing to combat that we all need to combat. Um, not just in real estate is, you know, the question of hyperinflation for people trying to earn the money back. That's a realized loss during this time. Um, you know, the question is, does it become hyperinflation? There's more money in the market. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. That's probably way over my head, but it is something that everybody should be cognizant of. You know, because if that happens, there there's other fallout on the other side of that. Um, Balen, you alive over there? Let's see <laughs> yeah. Can you guys hear? Me? Yeah. Can you, you hear go. me now? Yeah, you finally work. You're back. You're just talking about how good yeah, is it. I couldn't even jump in. I just kept hearing you talking. Um, <laughs> so a few things, a few, um, a few insights because you know we've been through this as well over the last few days. So. The application process in general has been has been pretty easy. And I think there's two sides of this, depending on who you bank with. I agree with the relationship. We have a relationship uh, with, you know, with a, a local Baltimore based lender. So with us, it was picking up the phone, uh, them telling us exactly what we needed and providing it for them. You know, so we have the application. We have everything they need for underwriting. So we had it, you know, we, we, we've been prepping everything. So we handled, you know, got it to them today so we could get it. And obviously things changed even to this morning. Um, you know, I, I watched CNBC and I saw some interviews with the CEO of Bank of America and a, and a lot of other, a lot of other parties involved and they all want to make this happen. Obviously logistically, you know, 
he used a quote. He was like, this isn't like, you know, a few thousand people trying to get a loan. You know, this is tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of small businesses. So they want to make sure they can obviously handle it. So if you have a bank relationship, like Jason said, that's probably the first bet. Try to get them on the phone or text them or email them um, because I'm sure they're swamped. And what, what, you know, quote, some of these, these, uh, these guys were saying is, um, you know, they, they were told from the higher ups, you better grab all your traders and turn them into bank tellers at this point, just to get this thing facilitated. Because if not, it's going to be pain in the neck. So that's what we've did in a, in a lot of other small businesses. I know some other ones that, that bank with bigger banks, Bank of America, for instance, the easiest way to do it with them is they actually, the mobile app seems to work the best. They filled out the mobile app application. After that was filled out, they got an email and then they're getting calls with what underwriting guidelines they want, right? So it's like a two-step process uh, on that. And that's what the bigger banks are doing that you don't have necessarily uh, relationships uh, with one off small. Well, the application will send you everything you want, but I, I'm under the impression that they've, they kind of said after your application's in, you know, the underwriting process is pretty quick, potentially get money in hand the same day, especially if you bank there anyways and transfer it to your account or, you know, a few business days later. So it should happen pretty seamlessly. Yeah, that was a uh, real quick. I don't mean to jump in before anybody else, but uh, today talking to our banker, she said, she literally said, you know, once you're processed, the money's right into your account. And, you know, that's why yep. she said, make sure you keep good documentation on it, documentation on it, that it's, it's not a long drawn out process like SBA normally is. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I don't know if you're still talking. Here. I see you talking on the screen, but I can't tell. <laughs> I, uh, I just had something to add. I think you, you mentioned kind of this numbers game, right? So you, Ian and I were kind of batting around how many uh, approved lenders are there. What does that look like? You have 30 million small businesses in the United States. You have $349 billion of PPP money, and you have 800 approved SBA lenders. So uh, Jason Ballon's point earlier about these people being swamped, I mean, I think it's there's a lot of choke points into this thing. So hopefully uh, a lot of the banks are leveraging technology to, to really make this seamless. Yeah. Hey, let, let's go over one more point again, because we're getting a lot of Facebook comments related to this, related to um, as a landlord writing off mortgage interest, um, related to payroll. Let's say you don't have payroll. Let's say you have, you know, you're an individual owner of a, and you own 20 rental properties with, with tenants in place. Let's go through that, uh, you know, 101 again. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of been crawl, walk, run with this, right? So the, the individual, the 1099s, that doesn't open till next Friday. So I've been doing a deep dive from, you know, Saturday until today on uh, companies with employees. So I uh, I wouldn't want to give any of the folks misinformation on that. I haven't, I haven't studied that extensively, uh, mainly because it's been deadline driven. Uh, they can't apply until, until next Friday. Anyway. Yeah. Right. So, that, so Fair enough. And a lot of those details might. Yeah, I was going to say, so I think what Jason Balin was trying to say is, let's just say I own a portfolio. I have 15 houses under me. I have no employees whatsoever at this current time, even though I could potentially write off mortgage interest on the top line. I have no payroll expense. I'm not eligible. Is is that a good way to view it? I think so. Yes. Yeah, if you're if and I think if you've paid in the payroll, uh, the way I kind of underwrite it is if you pay in the payroll and you pay payroll taxes, you're going to be eligible for the program. If you get a K one or you know or some other uh, some other pay, you're not paying into the, those programs. You're not going to be eligible for for the payroll protection. Yeah, and, and I think at that point you would want to try to file in the next round um, next week uh, and maybe try there. I, you know, we're at an advantage because we keep a maintenance man and a property manager on 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 uh, payroll. And that's kind of how we're navigating this and, and making us eligible currently. Is that called that next round? Is that also called the PPP? Is that under the same thing or is that a completely different program? No, it's the same program. Um, the SBA has prioritized uh, companies with employees first, uh, but you know, 1099s and sole proprietors uh, are still eligible for the program, and it's under the PPP as well. Got it. All right, so I posted those two links that 
those two articles that you wrote. So that's in the feed. So if everyone wants to check that, Jason's two posts, I read them as well last night are very, uh, you know, very good information. And, and also I saw you updated them as things have changed. And like everyone's probably talking about in the news, you talk to a banker, you talk to other real estate investors, you talk to other small business owners and friends and colleagues, like things are changing regularly on this. I, I would say if you have payroll, in place right now, I would be proactive and get this done. I mean, they've obviously warned like it's a first come first serve and what happens if money runs out and who knows if, if that will happen. And obviously there's a lot of concerns that, you know, money runs out, you know, today, this week, whatever the case is, and then there's no funding available for next Friday for the next round of this. And obviously the higher ups have said, well, you know, we'll go to Congress and we'll, and we'll, get a you know get another bill to to get more funding in, in place which would probably happen if if that did but you know if there's money available you might as well reach out and see if you qualify for some you know to follow up you know step one if you have a local banking relationship or just a local bank that you work with um go to them first right you know obviously they can hold your hand a little bit better than one of the big banks um but that being said you know there's nothing wrong all the going to a big bank either all of them are all well equipped for it and you know processes might be a little bit different it might be harder to get a big bank on the phone if you don't have a relationship with them but you know apply online uh you know it's it's still easy it's still available yeah i think as you mentioned jason i think the key to this is you know having the cleanest application you can right because just like when someone applies for a mortgage loan if you know, the, if it's not a clean application, there's going to be back and forth. In this situation, there's going to be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of applications. Um, you know, if, if there's questions on your application and it's not a tight application, it probably goes to the back of the line uh, versus taking, you know, an extra couple of minutes, to, you know, read back everything. What's that? The back of the line, you don't want to be in the back of the line with this. Sure. <laughs> the back of the line can be thousands and thousands of people. Sure. Um, Carlos, thanks. We appreciate all the feedback you have. And he just mentioned that uh, they he he went with Bank of America earlier. It was a very easy process, and he did his application. Um, my brother also did his through Bank of America. He told me, and he said that he just had to fill out the application. It was very easy. And but that being said, I don't think he had to supply all the data, the payroll info yet. I think they're going to get back to him with that. But either way, they need to make this easy because if not. <laughs> they're going to be bombarded uh, more than they already are. So, all right, Jason, do you have any uh, closing words? Ian, other questions for Jason before he hops off? We obviously really appreciate you coming in, and you know, there's not, there's really nobody, <laughs> there's not too many people out there that know this this that well, and uh, you know, experts on it because it's a newer it's a newer setup. But you know, I'm glad you were proactive and you know, put in, put in the information and put in the time and research to do it. And I'm glad you're able to share it with everybody. Actually, Joe Hartman just really, uh, he just posted a really good question. It says, uh, Jason, we direct, we directly applied at COVID-19 relief.sba.gov. Is there a way to, um, and that's the guys from Perry Hall. What's up? Is there a, can you directly apply or is it better to go through a bank? Is there any discussion on that? Or is that just for the $10,000 relief grant? Do you know? Yeah, I believe you can apply directly to the SBA. Um, I think, you know, my my thought process was like, if I had a question, I wanted to have someone that I could text, you know, email or pick up the phone and call. Uh, so that's why I've decided. Uh, and, and candidly, I'm with M&T Bank um, and they haven't released the application. Uh, they're not releasing the application until Monday. Um, so I've been trying to decide, you know, do I go to Bank of America or directly to the SBA or somewhere where I don't have a relationship with, or is it better to wait, you know, a, a day or two and uh, be able to call my relationship banker and have them quarterback my, my application, you know, through the process. Just say you want somebody to yell at and blame when you don't get it. That's all. <laughs> you, you said it. You said it. Or yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you're thinking the same exact thing I am. But um <laughs> Yeah, no, I hear you. I think it's better that uh, potentially if your bank goes in and bundles maybe, say, $10 million worth of applications, you know, is the SBA going to look at that differently than just me and you applying for 50, 100, 200 grand here or there, right? Like, so uh, there's probably a benefit to going through them. Um, but hey, if you want to take, I saw someone earlier also saying that they're having trouble getting a hold of bankers. There it is. Joe Hartman just posted the link. Um, with that being said, 
Jason Balin, I would love in a few weeks after all this crap is done is to have Schwartzberg come back. And I think we really need to discuss the seed pace because the guys that are doing developments, big developments, um, Jason's company does a lot of cool stuff and totally appreciate your time. So if you just want to give yourself a last little plug about your company, who you are, where you're from and uh, where people can find you. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Uh, and I can't wait to get back to, you know, financing energy projects and selling energy. This uh, this PPP has been a little bit of a hole in the head, but I think, um, you know, we took the time to figure it out for our company. So I wanted to make sure any lessons learned that we had that we uh, we related to the greater community. And uh, again, I, I'm the president of Maryland Energy Advisors. Uh, we reduce operating expenses for commercial real estate owners through energy. Uh, and most meaningful for your audience, I do believe, is uh, is the PACE program. And we can get into that uh, in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. We appreciate it. You guys can find them at Jason at MDEnergyAdvisors.com. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll catch you in a little bit. All right, guys. Thank you. Yep. See you. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Bale, that was that was really informative, man. I, I think... I think a lot of people out here, you know, a lot of people are scared, especially real estate investors. It's interesting to see that they're including mortgage interest potentially on your whole portfolio. And the question is further down the line, is there going to be relief, a relief program for real estate investors if we can't, you know, if there's no recourse for eviction, uh, people can't sell properties, they got unexpected holding costs. You know, I wonder down the line, is there going to be another relief package for that? You know, and, and it goes and it goes down the line of tenant doesn't pay, you can't pay your mortgage, so then you don't pay your mortgage. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think also a lot of this is not buying time. That might not be the right answer. But like the reason why they did this for, I'm guessing, you know, uh, 250%, you know, two and a half times payroll is that, hey, you know, it covers April, covers May, covers a little bit of June, you know, with the, the hope that everything's going to be up and running. And if you're a business owner, it's like, listen, this is going to help you weather the storm and just keep people in place. Yeah, you might not be profitable right now. Yeah, you, uh, you're probably not growing right now. But at the very least, at least you don't have to go out of business. We'll cover the majority of your costs for you and, uh, and call it a day. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's really hard to determine everyone's unique situation and really fully understand it and see what's up. Because down the chain, the supply chain of everything, um, that every business is involved in and your, you know, your home buying company, your, uh, uh, rental company compared to someone else's rental company is different. Like, you know, you, you know, there's an argument. It's like, well, you're getting preferential treatment now because you have payroll and someone else might have, you know, whatever, half as many properties and they don't have any employees right now and they're not. And then, you know, what are they going to qualify for? you know, down, down the road. So I think it's hard to make everybody obviously happy on that. I mean, it's good that, you know, there's some, there's something in place. Um, and it's, you know, and it's interesting, but like, you know, Jason's Jason gave everybody a lot of information. You know, the good part is all this stuff is very public and it's out there and it's on everything. It's on, you know, it's all over Facebook. It's all over CNBC and everywhere that you watch, you know, financial, financial news. Um, and I think the banks, have made it pretty darn easy, you know, to qualify for it. If, uh, and obviously like someone just posted, you know, Bank of America won't take you unless you bank with them as of now, which, you know, makes sense. You know, they want to prioritize their customers first. So go to a bank that you do bank with and, uh, you know, hopefully it's a bank that's, that's still through this program and go for it. And I don't think, I mean, I'm guessing that eventually like they're going to cut this off. Um, but money wise, but you know, I, I think they seem to be very serious about, about posting it so i guess we'll see what happens i mean <clears throat> well i think it's you know real you do i guess the one other thing that does kind of suck though for real estate investors is so many real estate investors do not have employees do not have payroll and you know i, I wanted to bring that up early in this conversation because i knew that was going to be a topic and i'm hoping that one-off real estate investors you know not not necessarily a real estate investor who flips property here and there and also has another job but a real estate investor is that this is their full-time income and they rely on a few rental properties. They rely on a few flips. They rely on a few wholesale that there is some relief or some support knowing that, you know, part, even though real estate's still up and running, obviously it's still affected. 
Right. Yeah, I see Joe Hartman just made a similar question. You guys got any information on self-employed applying for unemployment or a site to go to? Um, I don't know about unemployment, but I do know. I think that's through the state, but I do know that um, April 10th, you'll be able to apply for the same PPP program as a self-employed or sole proprietor. Um, and that's something to check out. Um, other than that, man, I, you know, again, it's, it's just, it's real interesting. And it's actually even more interesting that the government made this a quick rollout. They made it super easy to do unlike some other things that they're normally involved in. And it's nice to see that there's actually some sort of concern. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put my political beliefs out here. I'm a big conspiracy guy, you know, so I'm really confused with what's going on, but that's a topic of another, just, uh, I guess I need another podcast for that one. Um, but in the end, it's real interesting that they're, they're taking time, energy, and effort to try to get this thing right um, and get people um, the help that they need and try to keep everything afloat, I guess, for the next two and a half months. So um, more importantly, now that we've covered all of PPP, what do you got going on this weekend, Jay? I don't know. That's the only thing on my mind right now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we're, fo we're focused on that. We're focused that on now. And, you know, obviously we have a, you know, a good pipeline of, of real estate deals, um, you know, that we're, we're reviewing. And that's been on my mind. Every day is the same as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. there's not a Monday through Friday, then a Saturday and Sunday. And in the past there was because obviously I have a lot of, you know, kids sports and stuff like that that I do on the weekends. So like our weekends are pretty busy and like I don't do too much, you know, work related stuff. I mean, you know, hour here, hour there. Um, but like lately, like every day has kind of been the same because it's a, it's a similar routine. <laughs> How about yeah. yourself? Uh, no, similar. I think uh, I think the in laws are coming down. Got to do that thing, you know. But uh, either way, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's that you know, right now there's there's it's an interesting time that there's not a ton of noise when I get to the office or when I work from home that I get a lot more done. Um, you know, there's a little more family time at home, but there's also a lot more time to kind of grind it out because there is more family time during the week. Um, so for me, it's just uh, it's a normal Saturday, Sunday. Do my I'm, I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it at like this for you. You know, your in law shouldn't be coming down. By the way, uh, well, because you're trying, but you're trying to get me right. But that's on you, so I'll just keep my mouth shut. Um. Let's just go through a few of these quick questions. They're all some good ones. They're they're all kind of very similar, and you know, there's no real clarity um, on it. So, Kurt, related to, can someone speak directly on real estate investors who have single member LLCs and no wages, and realtors who are 1099 income? Um, so, I'm guessing, you know, next Friday, a lot of that's going to come into play. You know, that's that where they go apply. Is that right? Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah. I think. Um, I think what we do is have uh, potentially Jason come back on because he said we were going to hold off on having him come on um, because he didn't want to get on here until we deep he deep dive the sole proprietor requirements. Um, I think now that uh, this is out of the way, let him study up on that. Maybe bring him on uh, late next week or early the following week, um, potentially next Friday to discuss the sole proprietor stuff if he catches up on that. Yeah, I agree. Like, cause this next week, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people that we know are going to fall into that. Um, cause they just don't have payroll. Um, not employees may qualify for. So yeah. Hey Glenn, it's, uh, you know, they're going to be in the driveway six feet from me. I'm just going to sit out in their car and we're going to face. I don't believe, I don't believe that one video, but whatever. Well, I'm not you're, are more at risk than you are. You should be. You should be the responsible one. But hey, whatever. got me arrested. That's what happened. Well, the good news. The good news for 2020 is they made this thing called FaceTime and Facebook Live and Zoom and a lot of other digital ways that you can actually communicate with them. That you don't actually have to see them. Come on, man. Then they But that's on you. Conversation here. There's so much lag. <laughs> See now you just left five seconds later, um, but anyway, yeah, we got to we got to find a new solution for this because if anyone has anyone has a good software solution to do uh, this with multiple guests, that'd be great. So here's the issue with Zoom, um, because oh, Zoom is like oh issue with Zoom, yeah, go ahead. Issue with Zoom. I like Zoom and I want to do things on Zoom. The problem with Zoom is it's not all that engaging or interactive. 
you know, like, you know, ahead of time, you can't do like a Facebook watch party where you can, where you can set the Facebook, um, uh, live coming in live, you know, in the future zoom, it just goes live like be live. For instance, that's the software we're using that unfortunately has a little bit of lag right now. Um, and it, and I'm not sure why, but that's the case you know, I can set these up ahead of time. So everyone knows exactly what the topic is and they can comment, ask questions ahead of time. And it's the same link um, from the beginning. So there's that. We can also, you know, post content and questions and things like that. It's very interactive. It's supposed to be, it's meant for this particular thing. The purpose of this is to do Facebook and Instagram and YouTube lives through this software. You know, Zoom's more of like, you know, meeting, kind of a meeting room, collaborating back and forth. And obviously, Zoom's a great software and I use it every day for so many reasons and I'd love to use it for this. I just don't know if it's going to have the engagement and the interaction that we that we that we'd like. So we're going to try to find another solution. I don't know if we're, we're live on are we doing one tomorrow, Saturday, Monday. We we're supposed to have we we're, we're supposed to have um Mike Shock here today. He got pushed back unfortunately to Monday because we had the time sensitive PPP stuff that we discussed. I see that Ian. You were supposed to open it last night. No, nah, dude. I do do again since you guys won't let me have my in-laws over. So, but uh, all right. So we're gonna have Shock on Monday, who's a flipper. Anybody out there that's a flipper or construction, um, doing a lot of wholesale deals. If you guys have anything that's valuable and you want to join in, jump on the show, um, be a yeah. guest, and talk about what you got going on. Please reach out to either myself or Jason, um, so we can get you on here. Um, shock should be real interesting because he does do a lot of flips, a lot of wholesale deals, and more importantly, he used to do a lot on the um, on the national speaking circuit. So it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say about that. Yep. And one last thing, Tracy, I see your comment, and um, I'd love to have you on and chat uh, on Monday. Let us know if that works out and it and it works, um, and you don't have to wait till next week if you called them. Whoever has a success story, I'd like to hop. I'd like them to hop on and, you know, ask a few questions of, of how the process went again, like everyone I know has applied and gone through the process, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a second place. Um, yet they just gone through the, they just gone through the process. So, all right. Until next time you can reach out to me at Jason at harmonybankers.com. Ian at hard money. If you email Ian at harmonybankers.com, it'll not go to this, Ian. it'll go to another Ian. So you're, you're, Ian at equity warehouse. Thank you. But but uh, but either way, and uh, we'll let everybody know if we're if if we're gonna come on live tomorrow. We might. Uh, we did one last Saturday. Did we do that one last Saturday. No, uh, I think we did one last Saturday. It was at the fire department. One of the two. Did it. But uh, appreciate appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys all watching. And if you have any comments, questions, reach out to us. Or if you just want any topics, um, things are changing every day, and because everything's changing every day. We're doing these every day to bring everybody up to date in our real estate investing community. Appreciate, appreciate you. And we'll 